0: Hi, this is Jay Billis of ESPN, and you're listening to the ML Sports Platter. The ML Sports Platter, back with you, brought to you by Axe Exotic Pets, Welch and Company Jewelers. Our good friends over at Rosie's Corner and Brian Conboy of Mass Mutual New York State. Get your financial future set today with Brian on LinkedIn, on Facebook, advisors.massmutual.com. Brian Conboy of Mass Mutual New York State, the official financial advisor of the ML Sports Platter. Well, the NHL has been off and running. The games have been amazing. The lightning in mid-season form. So many players look like they never had any time off. Some of these guys, by the way, haven't played in, what, nine months, ten months, whatever the case may be, and they just haven't missed a beat. And that's why, again, I repeat, hockey players are the best athletes out there in the world of sports. Let's talk some puck right now. It is Adam Kimmelman, NHL.com. National Insider Adam, how are you?
1: Absolutely good to be on with you, Mike.
0: You know, I I just think that the hockey's been amazing. I mean, <laughs> these guys have been away for a long time. It feels like we just got done with the extended season in what August, and and we're right back. And these guys look like they haven't missed a beat across the board. When you look at the product, do you feel that way? That it's as it's good as it's been the last few years. These guys didn't miss a trick.
1: I, I think there's moments now that you watch and. And, and it's hard to believe that these guys, a lot of them, have played maybe a handful of games since March. You know, the, the speed, the pace, the tempo. You know, Elaine Vigneault, the Flyers coach, said he watches the games and that's what he sees. He sees guys going at the same speed they were last year. The decision-making, the finer details of the game obviously still are a little bit off. There's more, probably if you ran through the stats, there's probably more turnovers, more giveaways on average per game than there would be in a normal season this time of year if we had begun in October. But he said everything else, you know, looks like it should look, and I have to agree with him. You know, there are are plays in each game that look a little sloppy, moments that that the game looks a little choppy. But other than that, it's as good now as it ever is, and I think that's a real testament to the players who, despite everything going on in the world, were able to keep
0: themselves in – as close to top condition as they possibly could. Yeah, I mean, there are a couple of plays here and there where you notice, you very rarely notice a player quitting in hockey because they just don't, they're just balls to the wall all the time. But I did see John Marino, the defenseman of the Penguins, in a recent game against the Caps just kind of quit on a play, and I was like, oh, what what was that? Well, that wasn't, you know, a conditioning thing. He just kind of stopped on the play. Sometimes you see that. Sometimes you see, um, you know, certain guys... Maybe their mind isn't in a play or whatever, but that's not a conditioning thing. I mean, that's that's another that's a, there's another reason why a play was missed. Who's impressed you so far coming out of the gate team wise?
1: I, I think you know the Montreal Canadiens. You have to say you know with all the additions that they had, you wondered would they be? You know how would it all fit? How would all the pieces fit together? They've looked phenomenal, and, and I still believe you know them acquiring Jake Allen, the the goal backup goalie from the St. Louis Blues. Is going to be one of the bigger moves of the offseason because now it allows them to give Carey Price the rest that he needs. So he, you're not playing him, you know, 40 games in a 56 game season because you have a backup you can actually trust. Then you add in, you know, bringing in Tyler Toffoli, a motivated Josh Anderson, uh, you know, Joel Edmondson is as another, you know, one another huge defenseman for them. I think they looked very good. I think Vegas is, has gotten off to a good start. To me, but those are probably you know in Tampa Bay just continuing you know what they did last year, even in the absence of Nikita Kucherov. You know he goes out with a a hip injury. He's not going to play again until the playoffs probably but Steven Stamkos is healthy, and, and you just, you're able to plug him into the lineup with all the other top-end pieces that they have. So, you know, again, they look like they're a team that's ready for another deep run and, and defending the Stanley Cup championship they won last season. So there's been the few teams that have really, to me at least, stood out here in early
0: going. Give me a Sabres thought or two coming out of the gate. I mean, it's, you know, they, they, they beat... They they, they they beat the tar out of they have the potential to beat the tar out of teams. They look great that one night and then that night after it went out here it you know gets Philly and then they get you know shut out and I know they had a ton of shots on goal. I know that's somehow you know sometimes how it works, but when you go get Taylor Hall, you've got Eichel, you've got Olafson, you've got Skinner, you gotta score at some point. And I'm like, well, they're back to the, the to the drawing board here. Is it just the same old with this team, Adam? Well, I think I think having,
1: you know, having watched them up close for a couple of nights here in Philadelphia, they're a team that looks like when it's rolling for them, they can be incredibly dynamic. When you can when you can get away with putting a guy the skill of Jeff Stewart on your fourth line, that tells you how deep you are or deep you can be on offense. That you know, the, the whole Eichel combination really clicked in a way that I don't think even Sabers expected how good it's looked so far at the start both five one five and on the power play, and they're still in that learning-who-each-other-is mode. I, I can't imagine what it's going to be like when they have 15 or 20 games together under their belt. They're a team that, I, I think, if they can get some consistent goaltending and maybe a little bit more depth scoring on a consistent basis, they're a team that has the building blocks
0: in place to be very, very dangerous. You know, though, it, it's incredible... Um... The, the, the Jack Eichel, Taylor Hall, you're right, when they, they buzz around and all that. I, I just think that maybe the goaltending a little too thin, maybe the defense a little too thin, and more importantly, you know what, Adam, if this team played lights out this year, the division is so hard that they probably wouldn't make it anyway, even if they had a great year, you know? Yeah,
1: I, I think that the Eastern
0: Division really seems oh. to me to be the toughest in the league. There's, there's six teams that you could make a legitimate case for Winning that
1: division, and two of those teams won't even make the playoffs. Yep. So it, it, it's it's a buzz And you're right; even if the Sabres played, you know, to their top potential, they still might not be, you know, a playoff team just because of the, the teams ahead of them. But I, I think if they can get the goaltending in place, and, and I would think Pekka Lukinen is the guy they're yep. targeting to eventually be that guy. But I don't think it's going to be this season. But if they can re-sign Hall and keep him long-term, and eventually Lucan is able to get in, you know, I, I kind of like what they have on defense. I've always been a big Ristolainen fan. I still think he's a very good player. Darlene, it looks like he's going to be that franchise defenseman that every team needs. Brandon Montour is very solid. So there's so there's three guys to start with. I, I think they have a lot of pieces in place to be a very good team. But yeah, the goaltending is definitely a situation they need to handle. But I think that's coming you know, maybe next season, but if if I'm a Sabres fan, I'm feeling pretty positive about what the future holds.
0: Adam Kimmelman with us, talking some puck, NHL.com, he's the host of the NHL Draft Class podcast as well, all over the major platforms, grab that in your podcast mailbox as well, at NHL Adam K. How weird has this been for you, covering the sport, how difficult is it Uh, you know, no locker room access. It's not normal at all. You're trying to do things over zoom online, uh, not in the area. I mean, this is what's it been like for you? It's been
1: a challenge. It's different. Uh, You know, you just, it forces you in in my position, at least to be a little bit more creative to try and think outside the box because you know, the goal is to create unique content. So when you're on a zoom call with 10 or 12 other reporters, there goes your chance for, for unique content. So you have to be, you know, judicious in, in what you do and what you choose to write and and how you choose to write it. So, uh, you know, we take a story, but then try to kind of turn it, you know, a few degrees left or right and say, well, if I approach it from this way, maybe I can get something unique out of it. And that's kind of the challenge. You know, you don't have that one on one face time with a player where I could walk up to him you know, after a practice and, and, and you know, just chat, you know, he and I one-on-one or we're with a coach or whatever. So, uh, you know, if you want to do something different, you want to do something unique, you got to be a little more creative. So, I mean, look, it's the reality of the world. You can either complain about it or or make your adjustment and move forward. And, And for me, at least, I've just said, you know, all right, this is the new situation, this is the new normal for now. Let's just do it this way. And, you know, until we get back to, you know, how things used to be where I could walk into a locker room and say, you know, oh, I'm doing a feature on, you know, Claude Giroux or Carter Hart. I can go sit with Claude Giroux or Carter Hart and talk to them, you know, off to the side. So hopefully that day comes back around soon, you know, as soon as next season. But, uh, you know, we'll just you adjust and, and move forward as best you
0: can. Most say Connor McDavid's the best player in the NHL. How close is Nathan McKinnon to that label? I think it depends on who's playing that night. Wow. I, I think they are... They are As close to 1-1A at this point as you can be, and, uh,
1: you know, the skating, the speed, the skill, the offensive creativity, I think maybe the only—I would say maybe McDavid probably has the edge as far as, you know, pure speed, but I think McKinnon maybe is a little bit more advanced, you know, in his defensive play, a little more reliable in that regard. Maybe a smidge better on face-offs, but you know they're. It, it's like asking which is your favorite kid at this point. They're so close. There's there's almost nothing separating. You know how good they are. If you're if you're tracking who the best player in the league is, and it is, it's very subjective. You could ask five people and get five different answers. But. Um, Yeah, those guys would have to be the top of anybody's
0: list. You know, speaking of creativity, man, these reverse retro jerseys they came out with, for the most part, there's a couple of duds, but man, these are great uh, sweaters here, huh? You like them, right? I I think there are some that that definitely stand out more than others. Um, Yeah, I I think... um, Colorado's is amazing. Yeah, I really like Colorado's. I really like Boston's. We haven't seen Detroit's yet in action. I'm, I'm really excited to see... I thought the Troys looked really sharp when I saw that. Um, Saint Louis too. I like Saint Louis. that red with the Gretzky time that he was there. That's cool. Yeah, that's it's definitely a throwback to, to that time. Um,
1: you know, yeah, there are some ones that are really interesting. There's some that you know maybe you're a little too creative for for my taste. But look, man, those jerseys are going to fly off the shelves in market. You know, people, you're going to see when we get back to. Having you know full arenas, mm-hmm. you're going to see those retro jer- those reverse retro jerseys on a lot of fans' backs. That there's I'm sure there were a lot of there'll be a lot of Christmas presents, a lot of birthday presents <laughs> for kids with with those reverse retro jerseys.
0: All right, final one for you, Adam. Uh, when the Lightning won the Cup last year. Um, you know, they had knocked on the door so many times, and often it, it takes a wild, strange ride for a team to overcome something. Somehow, you know, in the Lightning's case, we knew that they were good, we knew that they had it in them. When did you realize last year that it was the Lightning's year?
1: <laughs> to be honest, I, I thought two years ago, I picked them to win the Cup, I think, two or three years in a row. So I've been kind of on that bandwagon, just waiting for them to take that final step for a while now. You know, they have, some, they have the best defenseman in the league in Victor Hedman. They have the best goalie in the league in Andre Vasilevsky. They had, you know, a Hart Trophy winner and a league league scoring leader in Nikita Kucherov. They have, you know, a 300-400 goal scorer in Steven Stamkos. Braden Point's emerging as a star in the league. He's awesome. And then then you add in, you know, Andre Pallott and Tyler Johnson. I think the big moves for them last year was going out and and realizing that, you know, all the the flash and dash and, and the 62 wins in the regular season doesn't mean anything if we don't know how to win in the playoffs. And it was clear they didn't know how to win in the playoffs. They didn't have a team built to do that. You know, so they go out and they get a Blake Coleman. They get a Barkley-Goudreau. They get a Zach Bogosian. You know, they bring in guys who are a little bit more mentally tough, a little bit more physically tough, and the mix—that's the mix that finally works. So, to me, they—they've been right on that cusp. They've been knocking on the door. They've been looking for the right key to open the lock, and they finally found it last season. And, and I think now that door is open for them. I think they're going
0: to keep that door open for for they have that they have a chance to keep that door open for a while. There's no doubt it, they kind of remind me now of like when Phil Mickelson didn't win a major, now they have a championship and it's like, "Uh-oh, right? Like pressure off, we're loose, let's go. Let's just go win more." Yeah,
1: once you win once, you you understand what it takes and you also become more hungry to win again. It, it's like a drug and you want that high of winning a Stanley Cup. You don't want to just nobody wants to win just one. Mhm. Everybody wants to win one, and then as soon as that's over, start figuring out how to win another one, and another one, and another one. And I think that's where Tampa is right
0: now. Yeah, there's no doubt. By the way, Patty Maroon helping, too, helping the cause there uh, in Tampa. So many of those great uh, guys. Awesome front office. Terrific points across the board by Adam Kimmelman at dot com. author of three books on the Philadelphia Flyers and the host of the NHL Draft Class podcast where major pods are found on your smartphone device. Download and subscribe to that. Adam, I have really appreciated your time through the years, man. Keep it up. Be good.
1: Thanks, Mike. Anytime. I'm
0: going to get into a little Syracuse basketball to close the podcast next, but first, this. The ML Sports Platter brought to you by Stanley Law Offices and Hides of Liverpool. If you're in and around Central New York, use the code MLSP online at hidesofliverpool.com or at the register. And you'll get 10% off your order at Hides of Liverpool. A proud ML Sports Platter sponsor. Tip of the cap, thank you as well to Camillus Golf Club, the Vince Aguirre Consulting Group, <clears throat> and our good buddies over at Ken's Auto Detailing. So, I wanted to chat a little bit about Syracuse basketball. And you know what's good? Yeah, I had a couple of people get at me over so- on social media the last couple of weeks. Like, dude, how come you don't cover Syracuse? How come you don't talk about them enough? which I guess is nice because uh, I guess three people miss me uh, on the air in Central New York, at least doing radio. Um, but, you know, my reaction to that is, you know, when you're in the podcast world, you you, you cover, um, you know, you're not central to a market. You can cover everything. And if you're going to cover everything, usually, you know, as many PDs have told me in the past in radio, you know, it's not different in sports talk than than. than, than uh, you know, Power FM stations, you play the hits, and the NFL is the hit, and obviously with the Bills and, um, you know, doing their thing uh, uh, this past year, I, 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 you know, get more into that side of it and, um, you know, other things, and, and my podcast is really built around the the content, the quality of the interview as well, if I'm getting huge people on uh some of them aren't necessarily college basketball or Syracuse related but I did want to talk Cuse basketball just a little bit to close the pod for some people uh, out there who have requested it and also I've been meaning to get into it a little bit more here too because college basketball has been so weird it's been hard for many including me to get into it to watch full games round the clock at night every night because you don't know when the hell people are going to play you know you just don't know and so here we go. I mean, as I record this, um, Syracuse, um, you know, I think some moments, I'm recording this before the Virginia Tech Virginia games. So uh, we'll see, you know, hopefully they play those games. Um, but I just wanted to get into kind of some highlights of the season. I think beating UB and OT was huge. Um, you know, you lose by 10 to Rutgers. Um, Syracuse, I think, is going to be a bubble team, but this stretch coming up where you have the two games against the Virginia teams, you've got Clemson coming up in February, Um, you know, you got to deal with Louisville, a team that's given you trouble in the past, Um, you know, just the pressure cooker defense and all the rest, a very deep team uh, most of the time, most years. Uh, This stretch to me, late January into like that first week, 10 days of February, I think is going to define Syracuse. I don't think there's any question about it. I have been really, really, really impressed, really impressed with Kadari Richmond. I mean, I think if they're going to make the tournament, and I did a video on this recently as well, I think if they're going to make the tournament, I think he's going to be the X factor. I mean, here's a guy who is a tremendous, tremendous player. He's smooth, he's agile, he's getting about 22 minutes a game. Uh, I think he can score more. You know, I think he could be a double-digit scorer. Uh, obviously, he's a factor on the defensive end. He can create offense off of the top of the zone and playing defense. You know, and if you get the three-headed monster that's consistent, which, again, not all these guys have been consistent on this team. Alan Griffin's been inconsistent. Joe Girard's been inconsistent. Uh, but, again, it's going to be Guerrier. It's going to be Buddy Bayheim It's going to be Kadari Richmond. I think if these three guys, and we've had the Barama Sidibe injury, I think if these three guys can 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 nail it, and I, I suppose Merrick Dolajai has been fairly consistent too. He's kind of like the new, you know, not as talented or as good as CJ Fair, but the new CJ Fair in terms of, you know, loading up the box score. Uh, I think right here, uh, you know, these three guys will have got to carry the cues. I think Bayheim, Guerrier, and Richmond being the mainstays, the main players, uh, you know, to help Syracuse out, um, you know, to, to, to tr- really try and get... To the tournament, uh, and another area where Syracuse benefits as well as I mean, and it it sucks that they lost to North Carolina because North Carolina is so down, Duke is so down. I mean, this year the powers, the three big blue blood powers, Duke, Carolina, Kentucky, are horrendous. You know, Syracuse has Duke and Carolina coming up late in the year. I mean, you've got to win those games if you're going to make the tournament. Syracuse got to win those games because after Virginia Tech, Virginia, Clemson, there aren't tons of opportunities for ranked opponents. Um, and we know how this stuff goes, you know. If if you lose games in the you know during the year, you know you lose to Pittsburgh twice. Mm, you're gonna have to make one up somewhere, you know. And a lot of times it's beating a team that's ranked, right? You 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 cover up bad losses with amazing wins. And Syracuse doesn't have a lot of opportunities for amazing wins from now to the end of the year. So keep an eye on some of those things as well. I think the ACC is just you know it's down really across the board. I mean, um, you know you don't really have. I mean with Duke and Carolina not being at the top, obviously you just lose so much of the heavyweight aspect of 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 this of, of this conference. And it doesn't exactly you know, have you don't exactly write letters home being like, Hey, have you seen the Pitt Panthers uh in 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 the ACC this year? Yeah, you know, the eight and two, four and one as I record this, okay, cool, but it's Pitt, they don't have a superstar and the Georgia Tech, mm, you know, you got Duke Carolina just not great. I mean, Duke's basically a 500 team. You know, they're unranked. Uh, not a good year. Not a good year. You know, Miami, Syracuse beat Miami. Miami's horrendous, but you had to get that win if you're the Cuse. Notre Dame's not good. BC's way down. Wake's way down. NC State's not good. Uh, again, Duke Carolina far below what they regularly are. I mean, the ACC is just blah, you know, and there aren't tons of superstars like there normally are. So we'll see if the Qs can make a run and make the NCAA tournament, but I do think Kadari Richmond could be the guy the X Factor, to get them there in the months of January, February, as we continue. ML Sports Platter, Stanley Law Offices, bringing it to you. Visit stanleylawoffices.com. It's simple, just call Joe. And a big thanks as well to the Al and Angus Pub, the Vince Aguirre Consulting Group, Camilla's Golf Club, and our great friends over. At Ken's Auto Detailing, Route 11 Cicero. If you're in and around Central New York, get your car detailed. A to Z wax and wash. You drive away. Feels like you have a brand new car. I'm on uh, Twitter at Sports. Thanks for listening. As I always tell you, enjoy the games.
1: Farmers' policy perks are that little extra something you can get when you're a Farmer's customer. So to tell you about them, we're adding a little extra something to this ad. A backup singer.
0: Ooh, singer. When you
1: have the Farmer's Signal app with Crash Assist.
0: Crash Assist.
1: If you have an auto accident.
0: We can send help if you want it.
1: Wow, that sounds like a whole lot of something. Get a quote Ooh, yeah. at Farmers.com. We are farmers.
0: Bum, 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 bum. Not available in every state. Only available select Farmer's branded policy Subject to terms and conditions underwritten by Farmer's trucker fire insurance. Exchanges or affiliate.